Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Sakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Adam and Eva of the Burgundy Gold Report. Hey, Adam, happy President's Day. How are you doing on your first weekend without football? Ah, oh, man, you know, just getting used to that fact is never easy. But like I said, I'm a draft <laughs> guy. I'm all about evaluating yeah. film. So really, it's, this is my time of year. It's really just beginning. But again, well, I always bring it back to Washington, but I always love to hear about, you know, other teams in the East and, you know, uh, just all around yep. the NFL. It's just great to continue to talk, get, uh, get the conversation going and just don't stop. Yeah, no, I know this is your time of the year. You're, you're constantly scouting. You probably had more football in the last week than you had in the, before the Super Bowl <laughs> because of all the scouting you do. I can tell you this. Sure. I love the fact that I had a little bit ability to focus a little bit on, on some hockey and basketball and that crazy Daytona 500 with all the ridiculous number of crashes, et cetera, et cetera. But I miss football already, and I'm not ashamed to say that last year I literally watched every XFL game until it was canceled. I am that crazy. But perhaps not as crazy as our guest today, giant super fan, Will Gentile. Hey, Will, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm also very excited about the off season since, as a Giants fan, it's been our prime time season since yep. 2011. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> true. Hey, uh, guys, we got plenty to talk about today. But before I get into that, I just saw that Patrick Mahomes had surgery to repair a torn planter plate this last week, and I want to say that's crazy. I tore my planter plate a few years ago, and I could barely walk. I have no idea how Mahomes was running around in the backfield and creating during the Super Bowl on a torn planter plate. That is insane toughness right there, and an example of one of the many, many reasons why I'm not in the NFL. Okay, well, we're talking about potential landing spots for Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Deshaun Watson, and J.J. Watts. And, of course, we are speculating on the potential offseason strategy and future of the Houston Texans and the New York Giants. Talking about the recent Jay Gruden interview, we got our DIR prospect of the week, and much, much more. So let's go ahead and get this rolling. Hey, guys. So I, I, you know, I did that in the intro, and I didn't give you a chance to respond to that. But have you guys ever had a planter plate injury before, Adam, Will? I have it, but I, I have heard not. how extremely painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you firsthand, it sucks. And I definitely did not. I don't even know how he was. I have a newfound respect. I actually want to go back and watch Super Bowl 55 again just to see him run around there. I have a newfound respect for that guy. He has some significant toughness there. Oh, my goodness. All right. So let's first start with Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz. All right. Currently of the Philadelphia Eagles, but perhaps for not much longer. Carson Wentz has been disgruntled since being benched by former head coach Doug Peterson. And rumors have been flying for weeks now that the Eagles are ready to move on. Philadelphia will be taking on a $33.8 million dead cap space, the largest in NFL history by shedding Wentz, but at least have Jalen Hurts to build around into the coming year. Wentz is due $25.4 million in 2021, a $24.7 million annually over the next four seasons. So far, suitors have included the Chicago Bears and the Indianapolis Colts, but the Eagles appear to be asking for at least Matt Stafford-level compensation, meaning one first round, uh, two first-round picks and a third-round pick, while the Bears have balked at that, the Colts have offered no more than two second-round picks. As for Ertz, 
He never got the contract extension he wanted before 2020 from the Eagles, and he went on to set career lows in receptions, yards, and TDs. Rumors have it that the Colts are also interested in Ertz, as are the Seahawks. Adam, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on the likely futures for Wentz and Ertz? I think they'll end up staying together. They'll end up going to Indianapolis because it just seems that, you know, regardless if Carson Wentz ends up being there, you know, four or five year plan, you know, you're going to see that, you know, quarterbacks are in a premium. There's so many teams right now that are looking for him. So if you can get him for, you know, they're going to try to posture, but in the end, I think Indianapolis will probably pony up maybe a first round next year if that's what it'll take. But to have him and then also to bring Zach Ertz there, you know, you've got a, a team that's really, you know, spent a lot of capital on building that defense. Uh, so I think that that's a perfect match. And, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, old coaches there from Philadelphia that, you know, would definitely want them both there. But to me, that that just seems like a match. But, uh, again, comp- it'll always come down to compensation. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, definitely it's going to be interesting if they can find some middle ground there. Pretty far apart, you know, between two first-round and two second-round picks. Will, let me flip over to you for a second. What are your thoughts on the likely futures for Wentz and Ertz? Well, I think it would be a huge mistake for the Eagles, both their fans and the front office psychologically, to send Wentz to the Colts where he's going to have the coach that got the most out of him Mm -hmm. and set him up for success making their decision to sign him to such a huge contract. I, I, I would not be able to handle that. So there's no way right. I would consider trading him to the Colts. I think the wisest move would be to send him to the Bears, where you know he's going to be <laughs> yeah. terrible. No right. offense. That's very, <laughs> very true. Uh, no offense taken. It's just honesty. <laughs> That's not slander if it's true, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, it's it's funny you should say that because, you know, they obviously they, they would obviously make a good pair together. Um, Ertz and Wentz play well together. There was a lot of injuries to Wentz last season, so who knows what's going to happen there. I mean, Adam, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, if, if they don't go to the Colts, any possibility that there's success if they go separate directions? As we mentioned, there's some rumors that Wentz go to the Bears and Ertz to the Seahawks. Yeah, I think that they'll – Right now they're saying that there's only a you know, few teams involved with Wentz, but once the chips start to fall, you know, they're talking about even, you know, Mariota from Vegas. They're saying Carr looks like he's safe. Uh, Darnold possibly from the Jets. So there's really not that many teams that are willing to move on. So I think as we start to get through the next month and a half or so and teams start seeing that it's, it's going to be hard, to get one of the top four quarterbacks in the draft because I have those all going in, you know, top 10, maybe even top eight. So I think that's why I mentioned, I think Indianapolis will eventually come around, probably give a first next year, maybe a second or third this year. But for earth, I don't think it's the same kind of market. I could see the Seattle Seahawks. They're dealing with drama over there right now too. Cause you know, if you listen to the rumors, they're saying Wilson wants out. So yep. I don't know if Ertz is the kind of acquisition that's going to make him happy and you don't want to stay there. I think they might have to go another direction. But Ertz will have his suitors, but they're not going to get anything. I, I can't see them get anything better than the third for him in return. Yep. And and so let me ask you, Will, about your thoughts on that. I mean, what do you think uh, is the going price for Wentz and Ertz? I mean, do you think that Wentz is going to get anywhere near the Matt Stafford-level compensation of two first-round picks and a third-round pick? Or is it going to be closer to what they're being offered from the Colts right now, two second-round picks? I I don't think they'll they'll get that. In fact, I think the Stafford deal is as much, you know, the contract was a first-round pick taking it, mm-hmm. right? Um, for, or taking golf off the off their hands. So I I don't think they'll get two seconds for a guy who's had multiple surgeries and can't get through a season. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I think he's incredibly physically gifted and and uh, much better than Jared Goff. 
Right. Um, right. I, I, you know, I, I don't see that happening. And I, I'm frankly confused why they would feel confident with Jalen Hurts. I really thought they were going to try to keep him when they got rid of Peterson, but I did too. Um, I did too. I, I guess they, they can't, they, they, there's something about him. They figure they can't keep, but you know, he still made some great throws last year, even though it looked painful at times. Yeah, um, and as you know, for Ertz, yep. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You, and Ertz. As for Ertz, he's also damaged goods, and he's a lot older. He's got a lot of mileage. So, I, yeah, I think a third would be generous for him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have the same feeling for Ertz. And, you know, I thought that when they picked up um, Nick Sirianni as their new head coach, that the Eagles were looking to find a way to fix Wentz. I didn't think they were going to get go ahead and turn around and jettison him and go with uh, Jalen Hurts. So who knows? It'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the offseason. Lots of drama left to come. Let's ring the bell on that one. Turn to the other side here. Let's turn to that slow implosion over in the Houston Texans and the potential loss of maybe two more of their superstars J.J. Watt has already been released, so he'll be looking to latch on elsewhere for a solid year, grading out as the seventh-best edge rusher in the NFL. Rumors have him tied to the Steelers, Browns, Bills, Titans, and approximately a dozen teams, so the market looks pretty hot for the soon-to-be 32-year-old. Watson is a much more intriguing story, as he's still under contract, and Texans management seems to uh, really want to keep him. But they managed to outright lie to him earlier in the season, promising to include him in their new GM and coaching searches and ultimately not making good on anything. Texans, as I said, they don't want to trade him, but Watson has said he's intrigued by a possibility of going to the Broncos or the 49ers, and his relationship may be just too far gone to repair. So, Will, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on the likely futures for Watson and Watt? I think Watson's a mess, and I I don't see a trade happening. I think the – the Texans are going to be stubborn because um, yep. they just can't let them go. And they're going to certainly want well more than the Stafford compensation. And, and I don't see a lot of teams able to do that. Right. The Jets and the Dolphins are the most obvious ones and he's got a no trade clause. So it's, it's yep. a really interesting thing. And of course, if you some of the rumors are for first round picks. So you have a guy who had his career year, 4,800 yards passing 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And they only got four wins. So right. uh, unless it's, you're the 49ers, who's going to mortgage their, all of their picks? Um, and maybe Nick Bosa, I've heard, thrown around to, to get to Sean wow. Watson. Wow. Um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know how it's going to happen, but crazy things can happen. The only team that makes sense is the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like the, the crazy ownership for the Texans, which has always had an interesting history, um, may I think they may just dig in and try no, to be set examples. Yeah, because yeah, how do you let let a guy like that go? Yeah, well, I mean they've let everybody else around him go. <laughs> it's just kind of one it's of those. It's a really strange thing. And then what about Watt? What do you think is going to happen to JJ Watt? Um, well, here I'm clouded by my Giants fandom. I'd love for him to come to them, but <laughs> uh, actually, I saw. I saw a tweet by John McClain, who's a Houston reporter, who I think is pretty plugged in. He, he actually mentioned the Titans as a most likely scenario because of a connection to the ownership there and also mm-hmm. Grable. Um, right, so right. I thought that would be sort of interesting. I actually don't think the Packers will be that high. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say someone from that area who has been living in Houston and enjoying all the uh, – other than today, nice weather <laughs> right. uh, year-round <laughs> – might find it hard to go back playing up there. The frozen um, tundra. But so yep. I, yeah. 
So I, w- I would say the Titans and and maybe the Steelers because of the brother connection. Um, although, yeah. would he would he want to steal his brother's thunder? I don't know. Yeah, or have his brother have his brother steal his thunder. I mean, that that only goes the other exactly. way as well. Um, Adam, what are your thoughts on the likely futures for Watson and Watt? You know, I have to agree with, with, with a lot of what Will's saying here, <clears throat> that Houston will dig its heels in. But, you know, you're seeing almost a fire sale. You know, they're talking about other players possibly being moved and released. The problem you're going to have is free agents. This is going to be, you know, off limits to free agency. You're talking about even mid-level free agents. Um, you know, it depends how far they're going to go with this. But we've seen this is, you know, a crazy, you know, year plus that, you know, players will make a statement. I have no doubt that Watson will sit out. You can't say, well, you know, all this money and he would do this. This is the unicorn situation that we've never seen before in sports. A player that just signed a huge contract, you know, less than five, I think five and a half months after it was signed, he's asking to be traded. Well, again, if we talk about the situation in a nutshell, he was promised one thing. He was told another. Um, I think that it's gotten so far right now that they can dig their heels in. And I think they will. It'll probably even go all the way up into the draft. But what's going to happen is once you get through that first wave of free agency and nobody's coming and you have nobody, you know, staying, he'll dig his heels in. And I think they'll even probably go up until days on the draft, maybe even the draft. And then that's when they're going to have to figure out something. But um, as far as teams, I could sit here and name 12, 13 teams who are mortgaged their future firm. I, I've actually, I've been on a few podcasts and a couple guys, teams with, you know, teams with quarterbacks that you think, why would they move if they're willing to move them? So this mm-hmm. is nearly half the league that's willing. You know, the word is uh, three first rounds and two defensive starters. So Ooh. I think this is that rare situation that it might be not be 15 teams that will do that, but I guarantee uh, there'll be at least four or five teams. And I think Miami will definitely be a team that's the most intriguing to him. You no know, state tax. They've got some talent around them. Um, right. And I don't think Tua is really that attractive, but they can ship Tua there along with, you know, other, I don't know, I have to look at the Miami Dolphins line, lineup, but I don't know if there's any uh, defensive starters they'll really covet. Maybe um, Xavier uh, Howard, that would be somebody that I could see. Um, mm-hmm. But in the end, I think they'll dig their heels in, but it, it'll get done um, probably shortly before draft time. Okay. And um, one more question on that. I mean, what do you think about the Broncos and the 49ers as far as that, as Watson has been uh, at least rumored to be interested in going and joining them? Will seems to think the 49ers might be a place where he might fit. What about, what do you think? I agree. 49ers seem like the most likely scenario because you have a coach um, that has the, you know, the zone run scheme plays perfect into what he's doing. I, I could definitely see them incorporated a lot more zone read uh, RPO type formations. Um, doing that really plays to his strength. You know, he was the most sacked quarterback last year. So going into an offense like that, that will put a lot more focus in the run game. I think the Texans tried it, but they quickly got away from it. You know, it was, it was just a horribly you can run team from top to bottom. But to me, the 49ers make more sense than anybody. Um, unless, but like you said, unless they're throwing in Bosa or someone like that, I don't see right. how they get it done. Even with three first rounds, Texas know what they have. And again, with the no trade clause, he could limit it to, you know, a two team race, but in the end, they're going to have to do it. And it's a disaster that we've probably never seen before, but it's a lesson. It should be a lesson learned among owners. If you're not willing to, you know, have your, your franchise quarterback be involved, shut your mouth and don't say it. You know, they want to, people want to say that, you know, he's, uh, you know, crying and he should just play. 
Well, bottom line is the owner should have never said that, and it probably would have never been a problem, at least this year. I, it maybe would have gone to next year, but I don't think it would have been a problem so early if the, you know, the owner and uh, people in charge just shut their mouth and just you know, let, left it alone. Yep, yep. So we just have a, a caller here, Naj, uh, calling in. Naj, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm doing good, man. How y'all doing? All right, all right. So what is, uh, what's your question for us? Well, I just wanted to add, add another angle to the whole watching situation. Like you, you guys covered a lot of it, but I don't really think they want to trade him. I, I think it's kind of like of the guy not. with the, the old Cadillac uh, who's telling you he wants $10,000 for it. But you, you price <laughs> it out of the market to where somebody would actually pay for it, and then you say, hey, we tried, but nobody made an offer. And then it's kind of this stare down between Watson and, and, and ownership. But th- this is going to happen more frequently. As, as some of the older ownership groups pass on and we get these fail sons who inherit a team and run it badly, things like this are <laughs> going to happen. You, yep. you see what I'm saying? So uh, I don't think we should be surprised by this. But with Mariota and some of these other people out there, I, I just can't see somebody mortgaging their whole future for one guy as opposed to going after one of these secondary options at quarterback. Because when it comes down to it, is there any actual football player that's ever worth three firsts and two defensive? Like, is any player worth that value? Bring up the old Jimmy Johnson value chart. Is anybody yep. worth that? Yep. I, I honestly right. can't say Mahomes. <laughs> Mahomes, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. Even, even with a bad foot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know true. Brother. I don't know. Even okay. Mahomes, I don't know. That is a lot. I agree with that. Going back to my point, he had an, um, his best season and they won four games. I don't, yep. with amazing exactly. numbers. Yep, that's right. No, I, and that, So that's a great point, Naj. I mean, I, I think we all kind of agree that um, Texans probably will dig their heels in. I, it's a big question to me whether they're going to have enough around him to make him happy, honestly. Staying right. there, he's going to be unhappy with management and unhappy with the weapons he has around him. So, Interesting to see how that works out. Well, thank you so much, Nash, for calling in. We really appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. You good. Have a good All night. All right. Great call. Great call. Yep. So, uh, great caller there. Good points there. Listen, that's, uh, that actually raises a really good question, and that's actually our next point here, and that is the Houston Texans. You know, I mean, this is this is really interesting. You know, we, we talked about the fact that Watson and Watt maybe, I mean, Watt's definitely out the door. Watson maybe out the door. They obviously got rid of DeAndre Hopkins last year. Um, they have an aging running back there who has been only moderately effective. You know, they're rapidly disintegrated over the years from hopeful playoff contender to maybe hopeful high draft pick contender. And Adam, what are your thoughts on the possible offseason strategy for the Texans and what their future may hold? Well, you know, what I heard not long ago that I guess uh, Watson has been speaking to Andre Johnson a lot, you know, the former uh, first first pick for the expansion franchise. And it sounds like from what he was telling him, it's only got worse. So I, I think it's a, it, it's a total blow up and rebuild because they can try to put everything about Watson. But like I said, if they can, if they go through a free agency period, and there's really no real attraction. You maybe get some third, third level, fourth level receivers. That's just going to convince him more to even dig his heels in. And I think once they see that, then they're going to have to really say, "All right, well, we're going to start mortgage, basically get a team to mortgage their future, and right. we're going to go right back to when this team was uh, 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 a." Uh, expansion team and they got the pick so they're going to hope they have to <laughs> right. do this but they're, they'll even if they do this they're years away 
because unless you're getting Trevor Lawrence, I like the quarterbacks in this draft, but it's Trevor Lawrence and, you know, I like Wilson, but again, it, it, it's, it's a big drop off from there. Jacksonville's not moving on. They might have a chance if they can package to get a guy like Wilson. I could see him, you know, doing really good things for Houston, but again, you, you got to give them weapons. So uh, right. I think it's a total rebuild. Um, they'll reluctantly do the move at some point because I think that they're going to realize he's got so much money. Um, like the caller said, this is going to be something you're going to see more, more and more happen because once these players get all that money, it's not just the contracts and endorsements. If they play their cards right, Marshawn Lynch is a per- Marshawn Lynch is a perfect example of someone that really lived off of his endorsements and spent none of his salary. And Watson is apparently a very high Q guy when it comes to investments, money, charities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as crazy it is for him to sit out, I, I, I do see him willing to do that. I think once they see wow. that, they'll try everything they can to appease him. But I think they'll, they'll know it'll take a couple of days before draft day to get that package together. But I think that that's the longest it'll take. Maybe, like I said, a week up leading up until the draft. Wow. Well, that'd be really interesting to see. Will, what are your thoughts on that, the Texans and possible offseason strategy in their future? Well, it's hard to see one, um, but you have to imagine <laughs> that Nick, Nick Cesario, who's always been a, a hot commodity, I, I, from what I've heard, would have some idea what was going on and have a plan. Uh, why mm-hmm. would he join the organization if um, you know, there wasn't some sort of thought process of how they were going to get out of this? Right. Of course, his hiring was the thing that that was the the final straw. But they, I think they knew there were problems. <laughs> right. Um, right. And you know his his style is certainly going to be the New England style: trade back, accumulate picks, and um, build through the draft. Um, but it's going to be a, if they trade Watson, it's going to be a long time. If they don't trade Watson, it's going to be a long time because he <laughs> he he seems so dug in. He's certainly not going to play. He'll, he'll probably show up if he holds out and they don't trade him. You know, I, I think there's a, a week where the contract triggers. Well, right. he'll show up without really showing up. Right. Um, right. And, you know, I could really, I know a lot of people don't think this, but I could really see that scenario playing out where they play chicken. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, unless, unless the 49ers come in with Nick, Nick Boza, Fred Warner and two and three third round picks. Oh, man, I can't imagine trading Nick Bosa. That just seems like a real bad move all the way around. All right, listen, let's pivot right now uh, uh, to another team that failed to meet expectations in a pretty big way over the last two years, but perhaps injury had some part to play in that, and that's the New York Giants. So, Will, I know that you're a big fan. Let's start with you. What are your thoughts on, on the possible offseason strategy for the Giants and what their future may hold? Well, they don't have a ton of cap room, and they've sort of announced they need a playmaker. Um, which I thought was interesting. So everyone's <laughs> assuming they're going to draft uh, one of the top three wide receivers or the tight end from Florida. Um, and, you know, I, I, I guess that's the way they're going to go because unlike most teams, the Giants are really good at telegraphing what they want. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I would sign us up for an early round uh, weapon, um, although Allen Robinson has to be tempting on the free agent market, but they don't have the cap room to – I think compete with some other teams that are going to want him or uh, Chris Godwin if he's not franchised. Right. So uh, I, I think an edge rusher, and there's a couple out there, Hassan Reddick and, and Leonard Floyd, who are maybe going to be in that second tier of expense. Um, and hopefully they, they'll look at those to uh, improve what was certainly after injury, a, 
pitiful pass rush. <laughs> Obviously, right. the, the, the big issue is they've got two free agents who are ranked highly. Um, and it always amazes me how the Giants always have a free agent ranked highly, even though they're terrible the last few years. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I guess they have to find a way to re-sign Leonard Williams or franchise him. Um, and that alone is going to make the cap maneuvering rather difficult. Um, but I, I think the only way to really have a productive offseason is to sign him to an extension with a low cap number this year and let their defensive tackle, Dalvin Tomlinson, walk, who's going to be also desirable on the mm-hmm. market. Yep. And I have to say, that, after nope. watching – oh, go ahead. I was going to just comment on okay. JPP playing in the Super Bowl and thinking to myself, wow, he used to be a giant. Oh. <laughs> Well, you know, people are going back and looking at at that Saquon Barkley draft, and you know, we also traded our third round, uh, traded him for a third round pick. So right. that the draft with Saquon Barkley and, and Will Hernandez and a couple third round picks, giving up JPP is really, really hurt us this year. And, right. Uh, Gettleman famously said, "Judge me after three years." Yep. Well, <laughs> that three years <laughs> gives you an F, buddy. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well. Adam, what do you think? Thoughts on the Giants? Um, you know, I, I really liked a couple of the moves they made with uh, Will Hernandez coming out of UTEP. I really liked him coming out um, and when they updated with Zeitler. But, man, they really reached on Thomas. They had an opportunity to really, you know, maybe upgrade other position or even trade back if they liked him. So I think that they're paying for a couple reaches that they made. Um, but I agree. Uh, Kyle Pitts is a guy I've spent a ton of time uh, watching film on. And if you're looking to upgrade your offense, not just your tight end, your offense, he's the guy. But I just keep looking up and down this roster and, you know, I, I see Ingram already. So I, I think receivers, I think that this draft is so deep that they're going to be going high enough to get one of the premier receivers. So I, unless they do a trade back, that that's probably where I see them going. But I'll be honest with you, as a Washington fan, what they're doing on defense, I think they're well coached. Um, they're disciplined. And I think that they're going to be a team to watch. Everyone thinks, you know, Dallas right away and New York right away is teams that, uh, excuse me, uh, Philadelphia are teams that are going to make a quick comeback. I like where Washington's heading, of course. Uh, but I yeah. also think the Giants are, you know, heading in the right direction. I'm not a fan of Jones. I wasn't a fan of him coming out. But I think mm-hmm. that um, that match uh, with that offensive coordinator and what they have going there, I think that they could do some good things when Barkley comes back. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I think that they, they can definitely see a big jump next year with, you know, a few free agent moves and, um, you know, in the draft focusing on, uh, you know, skill players on offense. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting to track and see what they do. Let's hit the bell on this one and move on to the next topic. And that's uh, Jay Gruden providing an interview recently. And, Adam, I know you had some thoughts regarding what he said, and in particular about Kirk Cousins, so fire away. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was bringing this up to you up off air. Um, I, it's something that I, I was really intrigued about because, honestly, I was not a fan of Jay Gruden whatsoever as the head coach. I just thought right. he was lackadaisical. You know, we saw, like, players, you know, giving him purple nurples, Deshaun Jackson. You just didn't have much <laughs> respect for him. But I'll tell you, after listening to this, you really feel for the guy, what he went through. Um, you know, perfect example with um, Dwayne Haskins. They were basically, you know, Dan Snyder was poking fun at him for six months saying, hey, what do you, you, you see our guy there? You probably don't like him because he's good. So it wasn't just that they came in a draft mm-hmm. and said, hey, where are you getting overruled? That was going on for six months. But what really was eye-opening was the story of Kirk Cousins. And uh, at the time, GM Scott McLuhan was there. He was brought in there by Bruce Allen. Um, and what he convinced the management was that just because they had got Kirk Cousins in the, uh, day three, in the draft that even though he was playing well, that they could still play him at a middle of the pack quarterback. I think it was, the offer was 19 million average a year, 
when even yeah. back then they were saying, you know, the market was dictated, you know, another eight, 10 million. Uh, so basically he postured Jay Gruden actually stepped up to management and said, um, if you don't, <laughs> he's going to, he's going to walk, uh, you know, you have to pay him or he's going to walk. And the famous line that it will stick with me forever is Dan Snyder said to him, have you ever seen me lose a player for money? Well, we saw how that ended. Um, you know, it's not as if, you know, he, he set the world on fire elsewhere, Kirk Cousins. But, uh, you know, the time that they had with Kirk Cousins, Deshaun Jackson, Garcon, and Jordan Reed, that was a pretty lethal offense when it was all yeah. clicking together. But, um, sure was. you know, we quickly saw that, you know, how much management and, you know, when management actually is on the same page with coaching can really destroy your situation. So I get a lot of respect for Jay in that interview. It was really eye-opening just to hear, you know, what went on. And, you know, as a Washington fan, I have hope now because he actually put a stamp of approval because he agrees that a coach-centric team in Washington is the way to go because when you have people constantly, you know, saying what your vision should be on the field, it just doesn't work. So it was a good interview. I, I, anyone who was on podcast, definitely check out uh, uh, Kevin Sheehan with uh, Jay Gruen. It was, it was good stuff. Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely a really interesting perspective. Um, and, Will, I was just going to ask this question. I want to ask you about the, the interview itself, but Kirk Cousins leaving the uh, Washington football team, from uh, your perspective, do you think that was a – I mean, obviously being in the same uh, division, being in the same conference, you know, all this stuff makes them kind of a, a little bit of a target. But what are your thoughts on – what were your thoughts on that when he left the, uh, the Washington football team? I, I was a fan of it because <laughs> yeah. I think he's a lot better than what they have. Yeah. And, you know, he, he gets a lot of uh, crap in the media because he got the big contract and went to the Vikings. But, you know, he's still a, a pretty good quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's never going to be amazing. Uh, he's never going to be a top five quarterback. But you, you really can win with him. Um, and uh, I was happy he left the Redskins. I was I'm happy with all the Giants interdivision uh, opponents struggling with uh, keeping their, their talented quarterbacks. So sure. Sure. That's the you one thing we've benefited from in the last few years between Prescott, Wentz, and now, uh, and in the past cousins. Yep. Yep. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. Hitting the uh, drum transition here because we all know what time it is. <laughs> it's time for Adam's DIR prospect of the week. All right, Adam, let's fire away. All right, uh, this week we have a uh, small school prospect, Brian Mills, out of North Carolina Central. He actually uh, made a name for himself this year, and he was actually invited to the Senior Bowl. He was actually the second um, small schooler from the HBCU level ever invited. Uh, the first was actually the same, a guy we talked about on a previous show, which was David Moore, the left guard from Grambling. Uh, well, Mills, he's six foot. 180, one of those slender corners, uh, you think, uh, you know, kind of DRC as far as that kind of build, not quite as tall, but he's viewed as a really good press corner. Again, uh, Jim Nagy brought him down to the Senior Bowl, so he obviously thought a lot of him coming out of North Carolina Central. Uh, he was on the Juco level, which is that's where he got most of his attention. So really was his last year when he put himself on the map. Um, a lot of people are looking at him as a potential maybe seventh round, sixth, seventh round undrafted. But uh, this is a developmental prospect from uh, North Carolina Central, six foot 180. I see he's a really good developmental prospect. You know, with uh, possibly even moving to safety in the future, depending on uh, how he uh, fills out his body and works on his technique. But uh, yeah, really impressed with some of the film I've seen on him uh, as a late round prospect, and we'll definitely be having a small pro- uh, small school prospect feature coming out on him soon in the Burgundy and Gold Report. 
Absolutely. That sounds excellent. Everybody go definitely check out the Burgundy and Gold Report in order to check out that information when it comes out on Jeremy Bell. Sounds like a real interesting prospect to me. And, of course, here we are. We did it. End of the show. Hitting the air horn on the show. Always goes so fast, as per usual. Hey, thanks so much, Will, for joining us today. Always good to get some NFC Ace competition in here to balance out Adam. Hey, you want to send around your social media so people can follow you? There's not much at Will Gent on Twitter is the, is the most you'll get from me. Okay, <laughs> All right. That's great. Thanks for having Adam. me though. It was fun. Yeah. Hey, it's always this is great. Like I said, we have to balance out Adam sometimes. So sometimes we got to balance some of those Giants fans, you know. Um, Adam, how about how about you? Anything you want to promo to the listeners this week? Yeah. First of all, thanks for coming on, Will. It was great chopping it up with you. Um, as always, you can find me at the B and G Report on Twitter. Uh, you can find my new site. Uh, the Burgundy and Gold Report.com. Um, as I've mentioned on previously sh- previous shows, it's a scouting site custom for Washington uh, football fans. But again, it's not limited to Washington fans. We have a draft spotlight corner. It's uh, known as the draft prospect cards. Uh, we took the idea of football cards made into prospects. Uh, right now, we just released uh, Zaven Collins, our Tulsa linebacker. So check out that story, that feature, the Burgundy and Gold Report.com. Always great chopping yeah. it up. Have a great night, guys. Yeah, that's uh, it's excellent. Definitely go check that out at the burgundyandgoldreport.com. Lots of great information. Like you said, it's not just for Washington football fans. Uh, there's lots of great prospect information, as you probably can tell from hearing about his DIR player of the week. You can check us out afterwards. Feel free to look us up on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, anywhere great podcasts are fine. Follow us, subscribe to us, and rate us up. We appreciate it. It's always fun to hear from you and call in when you can. As usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week.